enjoying your liquid gator? Yes. Trying to switch away from pop. Gatorade's probably not much better, bro. It's, it's a step down. That's the point. <laughs> it's like half a step. I think it's better for you if you're actually working out, but I'm not working out to burn off whatever I'm putting into my body. Do calisthenics while we do the podcast. <laughs> I've no I've heard of that word before. I have no idea what calisthenics mean. I can't recall. <laughs> I know it has something to do with not it's, being It's lazy. a variant of cardio. Yeah. Probably. If Austin was here, you'd know. <laughs> he'd, he'd give us the 411. Yep. Um, hey, welcome to the Super Fun Podcasts. Uh, my name's Tanner. And I am Duncan. And uh, Ryan is dead. We've killed him, and I have completely taken over Super Fun Podcast. This is my child now. Making some big changes here. Uh, first off, we're now a Glee Recap Podcast. Oh yeah, boy. We've we've also hired some some uh, business managers to create memes for us so that we can get the teenage views. We're we're paying them with Ryan's estate. Yeah, gotta love those corporate produced memes, just like churned out of the the factories. <laughs> Glad we moved away from those homegrown, all natural memes. <laughs> Um, no, J- JK, Ryan, Ryan is fine. He is on vacation. So he tasked me with taking over the podcast and it's a day late because it's not my fault, but literally every single person I asked to be available was like, gotta cancel. I asked a Monday and got four solid maybes and then Wednesday, all four were like, nope. I mean, that seems to be part of par for the course. Like, reasons ranging from quite serious to I have to go to class to no thank you. Yeah. Which is valid. And I, I take no thank yous at face value because I am definitely the person who's like, I am having some, like, brains today. I, I have a brain today. So I, <laughs> I am choosing to not go out for my own sake and others. <laughs> yes, very, very valid. Yep. The point being... Me and Duncan have reconvened in the comfort of my own room to bring you some hot gaming takes. Ugh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but first off, Duncan, how's your week been? Uh, I'll probably do a, like, a small recap. I, you haven't to... been on this for like a month, actually, I think. Yeah, uh, I haven't been here since last year. Uh... <laughs> We're coming up on the deadline for making those kind of jokes. Yeah. I gotta make them like to have the time. Um, I won't spend a lot of uh, waste of time, or huge time. Um, I'll see if I can squeeze in a small recap of my own, but I won't get into detail. Uh, Christmas is fine. I got to go down to Calgary and see my family. I got to see my niece for the first time because I became an uncle last year, like 2017. I have to be specific on last year now. Um, it was a good time. I enjoyed myself. Came back for New Year's. Sat around and played Smash Brothers with my friends. And I wanted to play Jackbox 5, but I was under the, I was under the illusion my friend had Jackbox 5 when in reality he had not bought it yet. So I was bummed out, so we played more Smash. <laughs> I am upset that I did not get to see Drunk Tanner. You sound like a Duncan drunk. 
Uh, oh. Yeah, I hope we get to be drunk together. I, we will be party hardy. As Ryan likes to say, my inner gentleman comes out while well, more of the gentleman I already am. You're so polite. I was explaining this to, to Ty, because last time I saw you drunk, Ty, Ty was with me when I had my drinks, my few drinks. Like, it wasn't even that much. Probably because I had never, like, drunk, I never drank alcohol, almost, period. Certainly not with the intention of, like, the goal was, let's see what happens. <laughs> Um, because, like, I knew I trusted myself being with Ty and Yvette, and they would keep me from doing anything stupid. Yeah. And then Chris was there to, like, definitely make sure I didn't do anything stupid later on. <laughs> but I was saying to Ty, the last time I saw you, Duncan, get drunk, you were, like, so polite. You were apologizing to the girl whose party we're at, and you're, you're like, you come out, you're like, I'm sorry, I need to ask you for a bucket. I'm gonna try to be quiet. Because I know you guys are still having conversations out here. And I really appreciate you letting me stay over so that... Because I'm not going to drive drunk. That's irresponsible. And you have a really lovely home. And your bathroom is really nice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then I commenced throwing up half into the bucket and then onto my shirt. I remember that because I woke up with that shirt on. <laughs> I'm sure that was too much information for everybody, but yeah, and everybody like seemed to brush it off. It was like, you know what? Yeah, you're having a rough time. You went overboard. Your your, your personality more than makes up for it. <laughs> Physically, you were drunk, but intellectually, you were stone sober. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, like, I did already make the decision that if I'm going to go drinking, it's, like, it's not going to be a regular thing because, oh boy, alcohol costs money. And so it's either going to be in a safe space and I have money to spare, or it's a safe space and people are buying my drinks. Exactly. That last time you saw me drunk was the last time I have been drunk. Hmm, There you go. I save it for, like, moments like, oh, no, that's partial light, um... At that same person's place, she had a bonfire. And I wouldn't say I got drunk, but I got to the point that she was concerned that I wanted to drive home. But I had, after I got to the point where I was getting woozy, I played some beer pong. And then like that went on for like two hours. Like, you know, I think I sobered up, and I was. And so you didn't actually drink any of the beer on the beer pong? <laughs> no. No, I was at that point like, uh, uh, no, I'm just going to be drinking water. But yeah, no. New Year's was fairly was fairly mild, which you know what? That's not a bad thing. Cuz I had to work New Year's Day cuz I always have to work New Year's Day. Um but yeah, no. Uh it's a small recap for 2018. I didn't game all that much as far as new games went cuz I don't have the new consoles. I just went back to old classics. I went back and started playing WoW again, which I was enjoying. BFA came out, that was a good time. As I've already explained in previous uh uh, podcasts. I did go to BlizzCon, had an amazing time. So I guess this was the year of Blizzard for me as far as games. So I'd have to say my favorite games were World War was World of Warcraft. Getting back to League of Legends. This is like the week of Blizzard too. <laughs> oh, so I, I guess since there was so such a small amount of games that I played, uh, it wasn't a complete game because they haven't released all of it yet. Deltarune was really fun. I was glad that Toby Fox came out with something new, and it was free. So I downloaded it, I played it, it was a great time. 
and Spider-Man. I didn't own it. My brother owns it. Spider-Man was an amazing, amazing game. I want to play more of it. Dobbin, you don't listen to this, but I want your PlayStation 4 again. <laughs> I want to play more Spider-Man. Please let me play more Spider-Man. Yeah. I got the Spider-Man for Boxing Day, but I haven't had a chance to play it yet. <laughs> and there's like other stuff on my priority list because I started playing my the Spectros games that I got for really, really inexpensive. So I want to finish playing those because I never actually finished the one for the Wii. <laughs> I like. I tried to play enough, just the bare minimum, because I'm going to be talking about them on a podcast soon. Well, tomorrow, oh. actually. I'm not sure yeah. when it's released compared to when today's episode comes out, yeah. but tomorrow I'm recording it. <laughs> so I tried to get as much just to like, jog my memory of stuff, but I never actually finished Spectro's Origins for the Wii. <laughs> and then after that, I, like, I bought a dating sim for the Switch that I want to try, because yeah. you can play as a non-binary character in that, and that appeals to me. Nice. And you can also... I mean, that was the only thing I know about it. What else do I have? What are the games? I'm coming to the realization, especially lately, like, I can call myself a game collector, but that would imply that, like, I have some kind of rhyme or reason. I'm more just, like, a game obtainer. I wanted to say this earlier. You're basically, out of the group, or in the podcast at least, you're basically the watcher. You have such a collection of things. It's like, I will catalog these things, and I yeah. will trope them. It's like, much akin to my books, my, my book obtainer. <laughs> I'll, l- let me, Duncan, you're in my room so you can see my problems. So, this shelf, and this shelf, and this one, and these two here, and about half of the top two shelves, which are all my manga and graphic novels, that's all unread. Oh, dear lord. The only red books are some of the graphic novels in manga, and then that one shelf and that shelf on the bottom. (laughs) And my two big unread shelves are... There's more books behind those books. (laughs) Oh, that was like me with games for the longest time. I had the Bioshock games. I barely got into those, or the the Uncharted. It got to the point that my PS3 capped out, and I didn't get a chance to finish any of those games. But yeah, your problem with books was, was with me with games. Yeah, well, and now I'm like... Like, fortunately, a lot of the games I wanted to get, I got them from the used store, so it did not cost me a lot. But it's like... <laughs> so I want to play... Uh, see, now I have to... F- <sighs> Dating Sim on Switch. I want to find the name of it so that I can promote it. Long Story, that's what it's called. Ah. So I want to play... I want to finish Spectro's Origins, and I want to play Long Story, but I also want to start Golden Sun, because I got both of those, Ooh, and I never no, got a chance to play those I when played. they were big. I played Golden <clears throat> Sun 1, and I didn't get a chance to get my hands on 2. I got the first two, and I held off on getting the DS game, because there were, like, seven copies of them at Cashoplus when I last checked, so I'm not worried about them, like, walking yeah. away anytime soon. Yeah. Um, and then I also, once they get onto Hoenn, once uh, Pokemon World Tour gets onto the Hoenn, I'm gonna start playing Emerald again and play through along with them, which is <laughs> a huge commitment, because that'll only be, like, one route a month. Oh, dear. <laughs> And then I also have the Dog Island for Wii that I want to play. I watch a Let's Player play through that. It, it looks like a fun game. Yeah. So yeah, game. So so much game. Yeah. Oh, right. There was another game because near the end of the year, after the Game Awards, um, they made Subnautica free. So I started playing a little bit of that. So throw that into my favorite games of 2018. Subnautica is pretty fun. It's Minecraft, but 90% water. Oh, that does sound interesting, actually. <laughs> It's pretty cool. The design is nice. It's got some. Pre- it looks nice when you're down in the ocean and seeing all the different biomes in the ocean. It's cool. I like it. I I don't know if it's still free right now. I have to check. But 
you go to the Epic Games. Epic Games is trying to compete with Steam now because they're trying to be a game provider. But yeah, at that at that point in time during Christmas, so Subnautica was free. And even if it wasn't, I think Subnautica is only like a twenty dollars game. Really, I, I I would suggest buying it if you can't get it for free. But yeah, no uh, shows. Castlevania season two. Ryan, I have words. <laughs> it was such a good series. I won't get into it. I'm going to talk to you about it when you get back. Uh, I'll watch a bunch of Netflix things. Um, or did I? <laughs> oh, none of them are being impactful enough for me to remember right now. Okay, then we won't worry about them. Yeah. Did you see any of like the big movies that came out near the end of 2018? I still have... Oh, my friends didn't get back to me. I was going to watch Spider-Man this Tuesday. I'm going to. I know I'm going to love it from everything I'm hearing. I'm going to watch Aquaman. It sounds like it's going to be a good movie as well. I did watch... Oh, I still need to go watch Ralph 2. I still haven't seen it either. At this point, if it's not already in the cheap seats, I might just wait until the DVD comes out or if it comes onto Netflix or something. Well, it'll take longer for it to reach Netflix, maybe. What's pro, pro, no, it may not even hit Netflix because Disney right. Plus is coming out soon. Right. Uh, what did I? Infinity War was uh, all. It was a really good movie. Pretty much all the Marvel movies I watched. Ant Man the Wasp was a really good movie. Mm-hmm. Black Panther was really good. Venom I loved. I was on board <clears> with. <throat> Aust- <laughs> I was on board with Austin. Uh, despite all the uh, critical reviews, I thought it was going to be a good movie before getting to it, and I watched it and then. Yes, I was right. It was a good movie. I enjoyed it. There was a brief period of time when the movie first had come out and the reviews came out. I was like, oh no, don't tell me it's a bad movie. Critics just don't understand, man. It was at that point where I've decided that I'm not going to listen to critics, for the most part. I fell off of that after reading Power Rangers movie reviews, where it seemed like some of them didn't even watch the same movie that I did. (laughs) Really? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, that's pretty much my brief summary of recap of 2018. It was a good time. Um, but yeah, as for this last week, I got back into Minecraft, because I just, it was on my desktop sitting there, I was figuring out what I was going to do one night, and I was like, you know what, screw this, I'm going to boot up Minecraft. I had recently hung out with uh, an old good friend of mine who used to be a roommate, and he's still hardcore into Minecraft. Like, he he was, he was he had a guest spot in a, on a YouTuber's uh, show about Minecraft, because he was... So dedicated about making this whole like little world of his in one of his servers, so that was cool. But yeah, big thinking of that, I was thinking about him and I was looking at the games. Like, you know what? Screw it. Some of the new pat like since last time I played, a, a plethora of patches came out, so the game is completely different than when I used to play it. I haven't seen any of that new stuff yet. <laughs> I just finally found. No, I have not found any diamonds yet. God damn it. And me just trying to tackle with how long I can play the game before my eyes get strained because those ga- or games like Minecraft gives me motion sickness for some reason. Over the past like two or three years, I've noticed that. And so I kind of slowed down on Minecraft. That's why I can't play Fortnite. I tried, I can't play, I played through with one game of Fortnite and I feel queasy. <clears throat> but other than that, my resolution has started off. I got a pass to the local Sportplex. So I could work out and swim because I love swimming. Oh, nice! I did that once, and I'm st- two days ago, and I'm still kind of sore. <laughs> You'll get used to it. Yeah. 
I, I did have time to go today, but I decided, you know what, I'm going to just give recovery just a little bit more. I'll go tomorrow. I need to figure out a schedule because Anime Club is starting up soon. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to try and come to Anime Club more this semester. We're yeah. going to play it by year. Yeah. I need some new anime to watch because, yeah, it's, it's, as, as far as 2018 recap goes, I don't think I watched really anything for anime. Yeah. I mean, even when I do watch anime for Anime Club, it's only, like, the four episodes we see, yeah. and I'll put it on my list, and then, like, oh, I'll get to this one lifetime. That's like, yeah, exactly. Like, um, oh, what's a good example? Um, oh, I can't even remember the name of it. The cop show with the gun that evolves, depending on how freaking badass of a criminal it is. Psychopaths? That's it. I really like that show, but I have not gotten back to it. I've only seen the first four episodes I saw in Club. <laughs> But I do want to eventually go and watch that. That's on my list. But that's a good example of me wanting to watch up and never getting around to it. I have a friend who told me he was going to give me his Funimation password, but he didn't. The bastard. And I don't want to set up for a subscription right now. Because I'm already suffering from subscription exhaustion. Let's see, Netflix. My gym pass now. My car. A plethora of things. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, for the most part, that's pretty much my, my week. It's been tame other than that. Just getting used to the new year and remembering to write 2019 instead of 2018. Because I have to write a lot at work. I have, I'm have i usually pretty good with that. But I think like the equivalent exchange is that I always grew up on months. <laughs> so I keep writing December 2019. Oh, I do that all the time. I'm always a month behind. It's like 1219. It's like, well, I'm in the future now. <laughs> <laughs> so how was your week? My week was pretty good. I, like I said, I didn't do a lot. Here, here's the three standout things. Number one standout thing is I started playing a game on mobile called Lemmings. <laughs> and it is based off of the old Lemmings games for like, like really, really old systems. Like the Amiga was when the first one came out. Right. And then like it did, that did get ported to the SNES. And I think the latest real Lemmings game came out for like the PlayStation 1. I'm surprised that they never made a Lemmings game for the DS, because that would seem to go really well. And how what the game is, basically, is you have this little obstacle course that gets set up, and you, a bunch of Lemmings get deposited. Like, they're called... They're not, like, the actual Lemmings. They're just called that, because they're the yeah. little wee critters. And they're called Lemmings because they will just keep walking forward until they hit an obstacle. And if that means they're going to walk off a cliff and explode... <laughs> so be it. That is their feet. And so your job is to set up, like, stairs and, like, parachutes and stuff so that they can get to the exit of the level safely. And in the original games, it's like you give Lemmings jobs so to do. So, like, make this Lemming go build stairs here. And this Lemming is designed to block the other Lemmings. So, like, it'll stand on the edge of the cliff and go, Ah-ah, no! And they'll have to turn around and go the way they came. And that pretty much remains the same in the mobile game, except you don't specifically assign the jobs. It's like, you put, like, a marker to, like, stairs will be built here, and the first lemming that gets there will start building the stairs. Yeah. And that just becomes a game of, now, while that lemming's building stairs, I need to make sure the other lemmings who are walking past and jumping off of it are not so high that they fall to their deaths or don't walk into a pit of acid or get crushed <laughs> by falling rocks. <laughs> This is a little micromanaging game. Yes, and it's like it's a mobile game, so obviously there's freemium stuff, but it is one of those games where you don't feel like you need to pay to win. Yeah. Like, it's set up so that you'll have a set number of moves, 
And, like, once you run out of moves amongst the various levels, then you have to wait for the energy to recharge. And you can yeah. pay to recharge the energy. Or you can pay to get, like, special lemmings. Like you, can, But you can also unlock them easily in the gameplay. And so... It also doesn't constantly bombard you with ads. Like, it only shows you ads if you request them, and you can request the ads to get the stuff. Yeah. But you, if you don't want to pay, you don't have to pay for it. I have seen people get really salty about it not being as hard and as cruel as the original games. And first off, I, if a game is being mean to me, I don't want to play it. No. <laughs> and secondly, it is still pretty hard and can get pretty stressful. Yeah, exactly. It's, they're puzzle games, but, like, with a time limit. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I'm enjoying Lemmings. Then the second thing was that I got a new manga series. Uh, Duncan, if you stand up and grab the one right on the right side of the top shelf. Boop. This one right here? Yeah. Giant Spider and Me, a post-apocalyptic novel. What? So it is a slice of life set after the end of the world, where a young girl who's living on her own because her dad hasn't come back from a supply run, she's, like, fending for herself, and she befriends a giant spider-like creature. That then helps her cook meals. I'm sold. So, whatever my spider sona was before, it is now this. <laughs> it's very cute. It's only three volumes, and so I only have to find two more. And I really hope an anime of it gets made. I feel like it will. I feel like now that people are keen on spiders again... Because Lucas... Yes, between Lucas and Miles Morales. <laughs> yeah. Um... And then the third major thing was I watched a new sh like new this week. It started on Tuesday. Uh, it's on the CBC, a TV show called Cavendish. Oh, I think I've heard of a thing or two about that. Okay, so it's basically I'm I say this knowing that uh, by the end of my description, it's not going to resemble what I said at the beginning. So it's like Gravity Falls, but it's set in on Prince Edward Island. And it's two adult brothers instead of young twins. And, like, it is, it's, a uh, it's not mature, but it's, like, it's not a children's show. It is a show for adults. <laughs> um, I don't think there's any other show, like, I think it's only Canadians that could write a show where a child getting stabbed is kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, like... So these two brothers who were abandoned by their father are called back home because her their father says that he's dying, and then it turns out to just be a prank. But while they're there, their father like is taken by the beast because the whole town believes that the beast appears once a year, like out of the woods, and it drags someone and consumes their entire bodies. And so they all close down during that day, oh dear. and they all take it at complete face value. And oh, like one of the brothers immediately buys into it, and the other one's like, "This sounds ridiculous." And it's like, um. Their dad's new girlfriend, her daughter's there. And she's like, Bryn, would you like to say the beast prayer? And like, oh lord, on this beast day, please protect us from the horrible, vicious beast, the beast with the face of the wolf and the body of a wolf and fangs not unlike those of a wolf. Some may say it is a wolf, but we know that it is, in fact, a beast, larger than a wolf and probably with more or limbs. Amen. <laughs> and then they sh But, like, later when their dad gets taken, the mayor is talking at the town hall slash diner. She's like... The, we all know the stories of the beast. They're woven into the very fabric of our town. The flag. And she gestures to the flag, and it's just a picture of this, like, stylized wolf with, like, three extra arms just eating a guy. 
Um, one of the brothers is like, I had the beast dream! And everyone takes it so seriously, including the police force. Which, and the guy who plays the cop, he used to play art on Orphan Black, where he was like a super no-nonsense detective. He was the most sensible person there. And then he, I almost didn't recognize him in this show, because he's like, oh, you had the beast dream! Well, we can't discount the beast dream! <laughs> And then when they find their father, they hear noise in the woods, and so, like, the sensible brother turns around and stabs at it, and it's a little kid. Oh my god. <laughs> Who turns out to be the kid of his childhood crush. Oh. <laughs> it's... I'm on board on this as well. Yeah. So, Cavendish on CBC. It just started. It. I really enjoyed the first episode. It's in that same kind of block as Kim's Convenience and Mr. D and Workin' Moms. Which, I, the only other one I watch is Kim's Convenience, but my dad really likes Working Moms. The whole family watches Kim's Convenience. Kim's Convenience, very good. Um, yeah, that was my main week. So, let's get started on the news. Duncan, you know what's in the news? Yes, I made the news. You did make the news. Well, you, not you personally. Yeah. No. You'll, you, you compiled the news. Yes. You compiled news stories about Blizzard. And Blizzard. <laughs> and Blizzard. <laughs> And Blizzard. And Activision. Oh, which owns Blizzard. Blizzard. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, they're off to a good start this year. Okay, so... Gonna start with one that is quite old. It actually came out before Christmas, but we didn't get to it because we took a week off, and then we had the recap week. Yeah. Um, with... I'm gonna try and change my angles so I can, like, look and talk at the same time. <laughs> With Activision's influence growing, Blizzard is cutting costs. Blizzard has... Okay, I'm sorry, Ryan, but I'm not just going to read off the whole article. Basically, with this article, it's talking about how uh, since Activision purchased Blizzard way back in uh, 2008, I believe... Da, da, da. Yes. So, Activision acquired Blizzard in 2008, and as far as I can tell, there weren't huge changes to it. Um, like, you you could say that the uh, loot boxes and that kind of stuff is a symptom of it, but really that's just a symptom of the gaming industry as a whole. Yep. Um, but basically what's happening now is that they are offering a... For cost-cutting measures, they're offering the Career Crossroads package, which was initially designed for veteran customer service representatives who had been at Blizzard for more than five years, but this year it opened up to quality assurance and IT, and it's also lowered the number of years required to take the buyout. And that's basically what it is, is if you choose to... If you willingly leave Blizzard, then we will give you a very substantial severance package. And so, this, like, the article is clear, like, from their sources, no one is being forced to take it, it's still completely voluntary. Like, they're, they're pushing real hard for it, but they're not, like, going up to certain people and saying, hey, you specifically should take the buyout. They're just telling everyone at the company... Like, hey, there's here's all the ways you can qualify for this buyout, and it'd just be, like, super nifty if you could take it. Yeah. No, I think we're starting to see the winds of change from Activision. Yeah, I d this year, we're definitely going to see a lot of stuff change for Blizzard. Probably not necessarily for the better. Because um, this is something... Here's the other thing, is that the article also points out that they're still hiring a lot of people for the game development. And this is something that you, if like if you know where to look, you see companies do that quite often. Like I remember, I think just last year or the year before, Barnes and Noble did huge layoffs with all of their senior staff, and then immediately started hiring new people because basically they 
they let go of the people who are costing them more money because they've been around longer and so they're owed more money and they say, well, we're not going to pay you anymore, you're fired, and now we're going to hire new people who we're not obligated to pay as much money to. And also, you can ask for your old jobs back too, but since you're technically a new employee, we don't have to pay you as much. Yeah. Now, this isn't necessarily what Activision is having Blizzard do, but it is definitely in that same vein. It looks like they're trying to step on the throats of teams that aren't currently developing a game right now, and they're focusing on game development. Yeah. Well, it did say the departments were customer service, quality assurance, and IT. Yeah. And... The one that really bugs me is the quality assurance, because that's always been Blizzard's brand. They're the company that releases games when they are done, not before, and possibly they go after they are done. And they give months of beta testing. Like, when BFA came out, I was on the... I I played the expansion beta, and it was out, like... BFA came out in August. Beta was up, like, June or July, I think. Which is BFA? Uh, Battle for Azeroth oh, right. expansion. But yeah, no, they gave a lot of months, and when they, it came out, all that was really missing was the the the, the in-game cutscenes and stuff like that. So when I was playing through the beta, I'd play through it, and then all of a sudden, when a cutscene came, they would just repeat like this cut and like cut and paste uh, cutscene just as a filler. Because well, I think they probably didn't throw it because they don't want to show us get story bits. Just like, yeah, we want you to test and see if the game's working. Yeah, and it was. I mean, at that point, like I. I they gave me tickets in which I could submit. It's like, do you see anything wrong? you see any bugs? Like, from what I was playing, it looked like it was pretty solid already. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, like, it's a good thing that no one's, like, there's no layoffs yet. And yeah. no one is being forced out yet. But this is certainly indicative of where things may go. And I'm sure a lot of people at Blizzard are going to take the buyout because it means that they can stay afloat and find a more stable job, one where they don't have to worry that that's something that's going to be coming up around the corner. Yeah. Um, like Also, like again, the quality assurance people, any game developer will be lucky to have them because like, like that's what kind of Blizzard is famous for. Yeah. So they're going to be okay. And hopefully anyone else who takes this buyout is okay as well. And then with the game developers themselves, because yeah, it's... I'm sure they're going to be cutting corners on a lot of stuff, but it looks like the game development stuff is fine. But that again, that kind of, like, this all just kind of yeah. this all just kind of ties back into something we were talking about before: how good games show up when the staff is treating well and they're paid well and they're given time to develop it properly instead of things being rushed out to meet a certain quarterly report. Yeah. Like, obviously, you need... We're still in a capitalist society for the time being, so you do need to spend money to make money, but hopefully this doesn't impact the ga- the quality of the games coming out and also the quality of the work environment that the employees are in. Yeah. And, and they, they, are, they already touched on this on the previous article uh, a couple weeks ago with the Heroes of the Storm being... Pretty much just abandoned. Yes, that was the other thing in the article that hero the official esports for Heroes of the Storm has been canceled. That one I'm not really concerned about. Like it, it sucks, especially for people who made their living off specifically the esports of that. Yeah. But Heroes of the Storm never really caught on to begin with. I I've enjoyed it because it's like the Blizzard version of Smash, and I see a lot of people. Maybe not so much since I've never been huge into Diablo. And also, I kind of feel left behind with some of the lore for Warcraft. But, like, there's a lot of characters that I like, and I kind of... Blizzard games were actually the games that I grew up on, for, yeah. for the most part. 
So I really enjoy Heroes of the Storm for that factor, its own personal smash factor. Yeah, I but, like it in that fashion, yeah. But as a game on its own, I understand when people say it's not as good as League, or it's not as good as Spite, or whatever other games in that same vein. Yeah. So, and like, their big esports thing is Overwatch, and if they say that they want to put all their stuff into making Overwatch esports is good, then I'm not going to fault them for that. Yeah, exactly. And then they mentioned that what they've done is like they've done this in the past where they've they've taken focus from one of their games to focus on something better. And they said that if we if they haven't done this in the past, games like World of Warcraft or Starcraft, they wouldn't have been what they were. Mm-hmm. So they 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 think they're saying that this is for the good, this is for the better for the company for the other games. All knowledge. Like that's hurt. something that a lot of game develop like produ- production companies do quite often is that yeah. if something's not working, we're going to only keep on the core staff, and then people who aren't being used to the best of their ability will put them somewhere where they can be used. Like, uh, Overwatch was originally going to be an MMO called Titan, yeah. and then they basically burned that to the ground and then built Overwatch on its skeleton. Yeah, that, that was a, uh, I like that, that old documentary on that. I don't know if there was a fish dog, but like the whole explanation of how that came to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the same vein of that, uh, not, we won't go to that one yet. I'm trying to, I want to keep a flow going here. Yeah. Okay, so in the same vein of former Blizzard employees, we wish all former Blizzard employees the best, including the ones, a bunch of former Hearthstone designers are now making a Marvel game. So, former Hearthstone director Ben Brode and a group of his colleagues left Blizzard last year, and although they haven't yet announced what they're making next, today they dropped some big news, it's a Marvel game. Um, so they created an indie studio called Second Dinner, and recently they got a $30 million investment from the Chinese company NetEase, and its first game will be set in the Marvel Universe, and so they're currently hiring new staff for their studio in Irvine, California. Um, and yeah, the article just goes on how this, this 2018 has been kind of (laughs) iffy for Blizzard, and especially Activision trying to own Blizzard. Yeah. Another fun thing is, if you, uh, for those who don't know who Ben Brode is, he watched over a lot of Hearthstone, so one rumor could be that's percolating is that this new Marvel game could be a Marvel card game. Yeah, that would make sense. I was going to add, like, do you think it's going to be a card game? Do you think it's going to be a mobile game? It might It might just be a mobile card game. It might just be both. Mm-hmm. It, they, might, they, may, he might, they might just be taking what they already know from Hearthstone and just slapping a different something different over top of it. But Ben Bro seems like a nice guy. He he, he might be it might be something completely different that he wanted to try. Maybe he got bored of the card game, card game. Maybe he just wants to try something new. Yeah, and the Marvel mobile games have been pretty good. Like aside from the pay to win elements, which yeah. some of them are better than others. Avengers Academy was terrible for pay to win. <laughs> um, I actually I probably sunk. I didn't, fortunately I didn't put a lot of money into it, but I probably put too much than I should have, and yeah. I, I realized that and I stopped playing, and it actually shut down this year. Yeah. Like, I remember every once in a while I just checked to see, oh, what's the events going on? Like, what characters have they introduced into Avengers Academy? And then I went, and it was just gone from the App Store. Oh. And I looked it up, I was like, yeah, Avengers Academy shutting down, graduation day, uh, da-da-da-da, bye! But <laughs> the money I spent, It'd be, that's uh, always my concern whenever I hear about these games is getting shut down, it's like... Well, what happens to the people, like, not myself, but, like, people who, who've dropped, like, hundreds of dollars on these games? Yeah. And now the game goes away and they have nothing to show for it? Yeah, that's what, physical copies, y'all. Yeah. Um, though, 
It would be nice. Here, here's my hope is that whatever project that Ben Brode and his peeps are doing is somehow connected to Avengers Academy because the character designs in Avengers Academy were really good. Yeah. Because everyone got like their teen scene makeover, basically. <laughs> you from the I, 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 occasionally when the game was still up, I uh, Facebook would suggest it to me all the time. I've seen some of the little advertisements for it, like a couple of yeah, a couple of them like playing target practice, like Hawkeye playing ta or ta. Target practice and whatnot. Yeah, yeah the, the models that I did see look pretty fun. Yeah, and I cosplayed as the Avengers Academy version of Taskmaster. Oh, right. For uh, Fan Expo. Like, well, there's yeah. a shield. I was, <laughs> I've been staring at that occasionally every so often. It's just, it just stands out. And no one knew who I was, and I was irked. <laughs> I would have. <laughs> but no. I wasn't there that Fan Expo then that you uh, showed that off with. Um, I haven't played it in a while, but Marvel Strike Force is also good. It's one where it's like kind of middle of the ground for pay to win, where it's like kind of, it really tries to encourage you, but also if you don't, you can still grind stuff and have a good time. And it's like they're special events; they're not like limited time. You have one week to get Magneto, and if you fail, you can never get him again. Yeah. It's like no, they rotate. That's good. Yeah, that's a game that like, I've been hooked on ever since the game came out. Is uh, Final Fantasy Record Keeper. We'll tie that into 2018 for my app game. <laughs> it, it didn't come out in 2018, but that's the game, the one app game I've been playing the most. That and Pokemon Go. <laughs> but you all know that. Yeah. But, you know. Um, I have not touched Pokemon Go in forever. I probably won't until I get to the point in Let's Go where you can start transferring stuff again. Yeah. And Let's Go, I, when I start playing that again, it's just, I'm going to once again hop on my grind to get a shiny Venonat. <laughs> hug, bug, hug, bug. <laughs> But yeah, no, like, that's a good uh, good model is uh, with Final Fantasy Record Keeper. It's like, oh, hey, here's a Final Fantasy V event with, like, Bart and Gilgamesh. It's like, oh, I need to get my hands on that. And it's like, oh, don't worry if you don't get it. Like, maybe, it maybe won't, you won't, you probably won't see this event come again for, like, another, couple, you know, maybe two or three months. But you will come back. You'll find an opportunity to. Or there's in-game ways to just drop a hero shard and get that Final Fantasy character you want. So yeah, but the, the pay element is there because they don't get you with the characters to get you with the the items that give those characters special abilities, like their limit breaks and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's like, ah, oh, I got Cloud, but he has none of his special abilities. It's like, you have to get his Buster Sword, and then you get you get the thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really like all these games we've been talking about. They're kind of like gotcha games, all right. Yeah, and I, I really do like the concept of gotcha games. And it, like, it's, it just depends on the execution, whether the, the player feels like they are wasting time trying to get their favorite characters or not. Yeah. And so hopefully the... Um, what are they? Second Dinner. Hopefully Second Dinner's Marvel game manages to hit that sweet spot. Exactly, yeah. Um, also here, the last paragraph of this article... Incidentally, NetEase, the company funding Second Dinner, is also a co-developer on Diablo Immortal. <laughs> yeah, I knew NetEase sounded familiar. They've also partnered with Blizzard on the Chinese versions of games like Hearthstone and World of Warcraft, and last June, it invested $100 million in Bungie for a new IP. Hey Bungie, how are things going over there? Well, Bungie splits with Activision, keeps Destiny. I'm leaving and I'm taking the kids with me. Oh, do I still get my Destiny though? Because I got it for free on BlizzCon, during BlizzCon. I do not know. I already downloaded it, so I should still have it. Oh yeah, because their whole thing is was using Battle.net, right? Yeah. Um, I think 
if the whole thing is integrated into the game, then you pr- it probably still is a part of it. It's probably, just like yeah. Activision no longer controls that IP. Now that whole thing is owned by Bungie. Good. And yeah, the article basically says, um, the years of tension between the two companies... Uh, because Bungie was trying to make a good game, and Activision is trying to make that money! Mm-hmm. Loot boxes, loot boxes, loot boxes! <laughs> I don't know, like, yeah, no, I have, I don't, I have my concerns over Activision, which is starting to grow this year. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, it's been a while since I saw a positive article about Activision. Yeah. Um... We have enjoyed a successful eight-year run and would like to thank Activision for their partnership on Destiny, Bungie said in a blog post today. Looking ahead, we're excited to announce plans for Activision to transfer publishing rights to De- for Destiny to Bungie. With our remarkable Destiny community, we are ready to publish on our own, while Activision will increase their focus on owned IP projects. Um, and I like that that statement comes after a paragraph pointing out that uh, the studio... When the studio told employees during a team meeting this afternoon, framing it as fantastic news for a studio that has long grown sick of dealing with its publisher, employees cheered and popped champagne. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, and we're like, we finally escaped, the evil is defeated, popping champagne, and one person like walks over to the like press release like, we really liked the partnership with Bun, we liked the partnership with Activision, it was profitable for both people, and we look forward to the future. (laughs) Woo! Great. Uh, apparently, this was the identical reaction to them leaving Microsoft. <laughs> Good for them. Like, I'm glad that they're they're getting their own feet and they're they're publishing on their own. Uh, so yeah. So in conclusion, uh, Bungie is basically the Taylor Swift, or <laughs> not Taylor Swift, the Ariana Grande uh, yeah. of gaming companies, <laughs> where they, they get into a relationship. It seems okay. Doesn't work out. They leave, and then <laughs> they write a song about it. <laughs> I, I, I look forward to seeing what, what they do from this point on. Should this episode just be called Thank You Next Activision? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, and as we mentioned before, they got the fu- another funding from Netties in yeah. China. Ugh. What is Netties doing? They're trying to make some big steps. As, see, as long as it doesn't go the same route as Hollywood has been going, where it's just like, oh, our game is fine, as long as it's successful in China, so we gotta only do things according to their concerning government's guidelines. Yeah. <laughs> and shoehorn in Chinese characters, which I don't mind. From a representation standpoint, that's great. But it do- when it does come at the... Um, when it comes to the expense of the story and other characters, and also the fact that it's no longer being, like, the Chinese audiences aren't buying it anymore. They were mocking Pacific Rim 2 for forcing in, and I think it was because it was the same actress that Hollywood always taps oh, to, right, to right. be their, their Chinese pandering actress. <laughs> Which is ironic, because I actually really liked her in Pacific Rim Uprising. Yeah. But they're like, well, she was in Great Wall, and she was in God- no, she was in King Kong, and she was in Pacific Rim. We're, we're over her. <laughs> also, like, the Chinese government has caused some celebrities to disappear because they're acting in immoral ways, according to them. I do not think this is the podcast for that. I'm sure if no. you look at some, some of that stuff, though, if you want to look at those horror stories. Yeah, I heard about one on Philip DeFranco. Yeah. For now, let's just say that, um, funding concerns aside, I'm always happy for indie publishers 
manifesting themselves and escaping from the tyranny of the AAA market. Exactly. Yeah, but bes- bes- like, Blizzard's the only one I'm still holding. I, I still want to hold on like a shred of hope for. But as far as they go after, beyond them, and maybe a little bit for Ubisoft, because I have a friend who works there. I won't say his name. Um, I, I, I'm strongly backing indie developers. Yes, for sure. Because they, you know, they'll they'll step out, they'll step out into the great great beyond, and they'll try new things. Exactly. Big AAA publishers, they'll, they'll just go with what they know. They know this makes money. Let's keep making it. Yeah, the we're the next golden age of video games is going to be when almost every publisher is independent. Yeah, because also indie publishers they're friends with each other. Like I know it wasn't that great a game, but when Mighty Number no. Nine was being developed, everyone was super excited mainly because of the friendship with the Shantae developers and the um who else was it Shovel Knight developers. Yeah, and it's like it there. There's been some bad stories of like Kickstarter's gone wrong, Oof. but. I would rather support an indie developer and then they fold than throw all my money behind a AAA developer that I know for a fact. They do not care about me at all. No. You're just a number. Yeah. Um, and with, well, with Blizzard, if, if they don't splinter or become a husk of themselves, I still believe that the spirit will live on. Yeah. Because a lot of the staff there like are used to making good games, and so they will go on to... like carry on that uh, mantra of it's done when it's done. Yeah. Like that is as far as whatever's going on, Worldcraft Worldcraft? Worldcraft will still be around. I don't see that dying anytime soon. Like maybe the numbers will start to slowly decline, but there's still millions of people who play that game or have like it's their lifestyle now. Yeah. I've it's- seen these people at BlizzCon, like there is so many people who are just the the passion Mm-hmm. The passion I see, that, that was the greatest thing I probably have to say about the convention, is that the people there, the people made it. Yeah. It's, that, that, that's, they, they had a motto, I think it was, it was this year, the I don't know how long they've been going on with this motto, but, um, the, the motto for BlizzCon was, uh, strangers are just friends you haven't met yet. Yeah. And that was true, like, I made a couple friends there. And, like, I haven't talked to them too much, but I see them occasionally whenever I'm playing a Blizzard game, but mm-hmm. I, it's nothing but friendliness there. I didn't see any any ill will there, <laughs> except for Diablo Immortal. <laughs> we all shared that ill will. <laughs> Maybe it'll be good. Who knows? <laughs> I, I will try out Diablo Immortal and see I, how I it works try. for you. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's see, where else? Were, oh, yeah. Okay, so I... Uh, I I may not tr- necessarily trust Blizzard, the corporate entity, but I trust Blizzard, the spirit, and I trust Blizzard, the employees. Yeah. Speaking of Blizzard, the corporate entity, versus... I right, no. Uh, no, yeah, we'll go to that one after this one. Speaking of the corporate entity versus the staff there, uh, Soldier76, him gay! <laughs> Michael um, Chu is giving the gays what they want. Oh my god. So yeah, there's already been like this has already been a mixed bag of reactions. Yes, I I told you earlier I did kind of a whole 360 degrees reaction on this. <laughs> um, so we're, we'll start this on serious and we'll go slowly, slowly into more queer shit posting territory. <laughs> um, in the latest, most recent short story, Bastet, 
Anna encounters Soldier for the first time since an explosion destroyed the Swiss Overwatch headquarters, which supposedly killed him. He is wounded from a tussle with his BFF turned nemesis in a Halloween costume, Gabriel Reyes, aka Reaper, and while nursing him back into health in their hideout, Anna notices Soldier rifling through some old photos, one of which depicts Soldier standing next to a dark-haired man with an armor at his shoulder. This takes her by surprise, and then there's an exchange. Basically, uh, Soldier76, aka Jack, he talks about how... Like, this was the guy he was in love with, he, he's happy for him, he has his own life now, but the life they were leading in Overwatch, where they were basically superheroes and then, like, unsanctioned vigilantes, it was too dangerous, he didn't want Vincent to get hurt, and so he left him, and Anna's like, ah, oh, you two are so cute together, and I'm sure if you asked Gabe, he would have put, like, someone protecting Vincent and his family, and Jack's like, no, no, the past is past. No, 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 no. Solar 76 is 76 years old. I'm sure. <laughs> and plus, and after after being uh, uh, saying that you could have put people on him, he, he already spouted off, like, oh, no, yeah, he's already married, he's happy. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, I think the ending saying is like, well, I'm glad that you and um, somebody else had a, at least had a family, because Anna got Farah. Yeah. Then... Do we... Okay, I've been out of touch... For Overwatch lore for quite a while, but also it's been kind of a lore drop for the last while too. Do yeah. we? We don't even know who Anna's father, or not Anna, uh, Farah's father is yet, do we? No, they haven't explained. They haven't expanded on that yet. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so there's a lot of reactions. We'll start with the more concerning ones, which is basically how this really, like, on a certain level, this really isn't any different from what J.K. did with Dumbledore, where it's just someone saying, "Hey," like after the fact, like, "Hey, by the way, he was gay." Thumbs up. <laughs> um, and another thing I saw was that uh, representation is fine and all, but uh, if you're a completely cishet studio, you can't really like do this and then try and market your game to queer people. because And that really comes from an idea of, we're, we're still not treated the best in gaming communities. Like, let's be totally frank, there's still a lot of stigma, and when, in terms of development, that's even more so. Like, it's such a gauntlet for queer developers to try and get their games made or get themselves represented within games that they're working on. And this, I, I don't know off the top of my head any specific examples, but let's just kind of transpose it onto who makes League of Legends? Riot. Riot. And they just got hit with this whole, like, expose on how terrible they are towards their female employees. Yeah. So Riot couldn't say that they're... Riot can't put in, like, a whole bunch of female characters, well-rounded female characters in their game, and say that they're a feminist game company when they're treating their actual real-life women employees terribly. Now, I don't know. I haven't found anything. If someone else knows something, then please let us know. As far as I know, Blizzard doesn't treat its queer employees any different from the non-queer employees, but maybe they do, and maybe just no one's spoken up about it. Maybe no one's felt comfortable. So there is that fact of, like, Blizzard can push for this kind of representation all they want, but if it's not, if they're not reflecting the values in game, if they're not in real life reflecting the values they claim to in their games, then it's a moot point. In fact, it's kind of a backhanded thing, really. Yeah. Now, so that's, and if, so if you, someone, if you hold that opinion that this is very much just pandering and trying to get a market that undeservedly based because they're not showing their true colors in real life compared to the games, 
Does that what I just say make sense? Yeah. If you're holding that opinion, that's a totally valid opinion, and I get that. And I held that opinion for like in the 48 hours since we've known about this. I think <laughs> I held that opinion for uh, half of that. <laughs> um, but I was thinking about it, and I kind of went back to the J.K. Rowling thing, how this, it really isn't like that, because Overwatch isn't a finished story. It's very much a story in progress that yeah. we still don't know half of the stuff that happens, because Jeff Kaplan and Michael Chu, who's like head of lore, they do not talk to each other at all, as far as people can tell. No. And the timeline is a mess, and it does not reflect the actual gameplay. No. Like, they should have given Overwatch an actual story mode. I think yeah. everyone has been saying forever. Yeah. But, so Harry Potter was a finished story where they never said anything about Dumbledore, and like, even in the text. And J.K. was like, oh, by the way, he, he was gay. And then the closest they got to in uh, Crimeless of Grambus <laughs> um, was just Dumbledore dramatically referring to Grindelwald as, we were more than brothers. Oh, God. Um... So there's that. So it's not so much a retcon as just be, like, finding a chance to further show character development. Yeah. And Overwatch's, like, their method of character development is just kind of like, it's kind of a gotcha game of lore. <laughs> you just crank the wheel and hope a story comes out. Yeah. It's, it's just one that's, ba it's please be based around one of my favorites. Yes. It's like, when BlizzCon happened and they released Rose and it was with McCree, it's like, <gasps> McCree stuff. <laughs> um... There's also the fact that um, he was in Jack, Jack 76. He, he was not in a relationship with a white nationalist. In fact, he was in an inter interracial relationship, which is good. And that's something I will circle back to, because that's another point I wanted to make. On like, we, we come back to the, okay, but. <laughs> yeah. But like, continuing this like comparison. Um, so yeah, so the representation is better there. And also... Like, people, I heard people say that it doesn't mean anything because you don't see it reflected in games with no. him or with Tracer. And that's valid, but that's kind of all the characters, really. So much of their lore that we know about is not reflected in the games. No. And yes, it stands out when it's something like this, where it's really close to people's hearts. But I feel like, like if you take a step back, no, like everyone's getting a bad treatment in the games when it comes to having their lore represented. Yeah, it'd be nice if like they all got some throwaway lines. Like, like there's jokes on Twitter, like how oh I love Soldier seventy six just needs a new emote where he just says gay rights. <laughs> <laughs> just throw something little like that in there, or have another like give Anna a new voice line where, like, she shows up with Jack on the same team and she's like, Jack, have you spoken to Vincent lately? And he's like, rrr, rrr, rrr. <laughs> his husband's harder than I am. <laughs> well, I mean, I could see them adjusting for Tracer because it's in her character, it's bubbly, but I think with Soldier, he's a lot more tightly knit to himself. He keeps to himself because he's been jaded from the Overwatch incident. But I feel like Tracer, Tracer would, like, go up to him and be like, Oh, oi, Jack, are we going to go to London Pride Parade today? And he's just like, rrr, 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 Venom. <laughs> <laughs> so just little stuff like that. That would be much appreciated. But, like, also, it's like everyone kind of has a lore draw in the game. It's a yeah. symptom of them trying to make a story... They tried to make Overwatch the game a different beast from Overwatch the story, yeah. which was bad from the beginning, and this divide keeps getting worse and worse. 
Uh, like, those who were complaining that I was shoehorned in, like, literally, like, there was nothing expl- Like, it's just the way how uh, Overwatch has been leaking out their lore. Yeah. It's like, they up until this point, there has been no reference to his sexual orientation or what it impacted. It did, with his kind of character, his sexual orientation has no impact on who he is. Mm hmm. And, like, there is the thing where it's like, people are saying, oh, he's the second gay character in Overwatch. Well, he's. He's the second confirmed, but also yeah. that's the thing. like, there's been no talk of a lot of people's sexual orientation or a lot of people's gender. Like, we we can't say for a fact that Junkrat isn't trans. We can't say for a fact that Lucio isn't pansexual, even though he probably is. Look at him. <laughs> <laughs> I get that vibe. Yeah. <laughs> Accelerate. I, d- I did see a really good Tumblr post explaining all of the textual evidence that they could use to justify revealing that Junkrat is trans. And I, I don't know where it is. I'll never be able to find it again. It probably got banned because Tumblr. Yeah. But it was very good. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm on board with this train now. <laughs> and so that's the thing. It's that, like, um, P, like, the haters, what it, like, there's a difference between people who are concerned about the method, the execution, and people who are just haters. Yeah. And, like, there are people who are saying that, like, you could have done this in a better way, and there are people who are saying, um, what does the sexuality even matter? Like, it shouldn't matter. You don't need to tell us that Short 76 is gay, but now that you have, I'm never playing Overwatch again. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the positives, is that it's gonna flush so many assholes. <laughs> like, yeah. like that could me just saying tongue-in-cheek jokey, but I now I'm generally feeling like a lot of toxic people are gonna leave, because oh, Overwatch has an entire two gays, it's too PC for them. They're going back to League with that good old-fashioned misogyny. <laughs> Goodbye, soldier mains. <laughs> and like, on the, like, originally I was going to say, like, back when I was in the camp of, oh, they could have done this better. I was going to say something along the lines of, there used to be a joke that Overwatch was Team Fortress for the gays. <laughs> and I was going to say, like, all the gay people who are in Overwatch because of Tracer are, like, or all the gay people who are going to get Overwatch because of Soldier 76 already got it for Tracer. But apparently no, because I've seen a lot of tweets from people saying, I'm really excited, I had no interest, but now that actually, this actually seems kind of cool. And I can relate, like, this uh, this generic shooty gunman, all of a sudden I can kind of relate to him a bit. And he has nuance and pathos, and I can appreciate that. And I want to play as him now. Well, and it's funny, because originally Soldier was, was that gateway character for people who, who are, used, are used, to the, used to the battlefields and the Call of Duties. But those are the same people, the same kind of people have the same mindset. As soon as they realize that he's a gay character, it's like, I'm gonna go back to Call! I'm gonna go to, to Tosser and Field... Call of Duty. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing, like, that's... They, they have kind of chosen the two best characters because they chose the the sexy bait, Tracer, yeah. and, like, that one, I know a lot of people, people had really valid concerns because, like, oh, they're just using this to, like, tie into that kind of fetish that straight guys have for yeah. queer women. But now it's, like, wh- one gay character is tokenism, Two gay characters, like, oh, you have, like, a plan here. Like, th- this was something you kind of decided a while ago, like, we're, we're going to do this to target the worst parts of gamers. <laughs> uh. Um, yeah, so now let's get into some of these... Yeah, obviously introducing queer lore into Overwatch isn't solving homophobia, but I think the fact that it's happening at all is pretty nice. It's not a game with much, if any, actual in-game story outside of scraps, so querying those scraps is nice. Um, and another thing 
is that <clears throat> we, regardless, of, well, not regardless of execution, but I think the queer community in general needs to be more open to, like, attempts at representation, because you kind of need a, I hate to say it, and I wish, like, the perfect represent the perfect queer characters could just like spring forth without any problems whatsoever. But we're not at that point because these major game developers do not have that kind of lens that they're viewing their games through. So we do need to kind of walk before we can run with that. And we need to support attempts at this because if we, if the queer community like unilaterally said, we do not want Soldier 76 to be gay, they're not going to take it as, Oh, they didn't like the execution. They're going to say, oh, they don't want this character to be gay, then we won't give you any more queer characters. Mm -hmm. So we need to be, like, critical, yes, but still supportive of the attempts. Yeah. Um, allow yourself to accept queerness as depicted... Allow yourself to... Nah, words. Now that I'm hosting, I can't speak. Ryan, what have you done to me? <laughs> Allow yourself to accept that queerness is depicted in fiction in a multitude of ways. Tell your friends, spread the knowledge, and stop waiting around for, uh, air quotes, confirmation of the, air quotes, second queer character in the universe, because that's a horrible 76 that <laughs> yeah. Horrible existence. Um, da -da -da. What are some, like, this article has some really good tweets. Uh, patch notes, soldiers... Patch notes, Soldier 76's tactical visor now only targets heterosexual heroes. Torbjorn. Torbjorn. <laughs> Gabe Reyes destroyed Overwatch from the inside because Jack was dating a boy that wasn't him, and boy, if that ain't the story of my life. <laughs> oh, God. I, I love the meme that's already going around that it's it, it, it started when, when the game first came out. They, they, drew, uh, they drew connections, but now they're even drawing stronger connections. There's a character in Dream Daddy who looks a lot, a lot like <laughs> Soldier 76. Now they're drawing stronger ties to him because of this information. Um, <laughs> Anna, hey, I got some new lore, a possibly new, a new skin, Soldier 76. Move, I'm gay! Yeah, yeah no, look. Yeah, the center guy. The guy with the pink Oh, shirt. yeah, the cool Christian dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, just a picture of uh, Soldier 76 holding a rainbow mug with the caption, He's ours! <laughs> um, my favorite one, Our Lord and Savior Sonic Fox. Soldier 76, more like Soldier 69. <laughs> Got him! <laughs> oh. oh, what was the other one? I was like, yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're paving the way. Not only a gay character, but a gay character with no fashion sense. And they refer to the, um, there's a summer skin for Soldier 76. Oh, yeah! He's wearing socks and sandals. <laughs> I love my gay dad, Soldier76. <laughs> <laughs> Ultimately, this this changes no thing, nothing for me. I'll play Soldier76 as much as I always have been. Um, yeah, so my final word on this, um, coming back around to stuff I mentioned when we were talking about Ash when you came back from BlizzCon, <laughs> is that... Okay, so... Overwatch was really good with their DLC because they did character color, character color, character color, and a robot who... Okay, if someone says that Orisa is a black woman, punch them in the face. She's not. Yeah, she's no. an African-coded robot, but she's still a robot. Yeah. And then three almost identical white women. So the salt I have for them, not ha including uh, more women of color, specifically black women, because they don't have any black women. 
um, that's the same salt now. And so they do need to think, like, now that they've got, okay, that we have our white lesbian and our white gay dad, now we need to start thinking more intersectionally. And Michael Chu does seem to, like, understand that, and is probably, like, the the annual Overwatch coming out party seems to be just him, like, biding his time, making sure he can get out at the right time so that he doesn't... Michael Chu is kind of gone, going rogue, and he's trying to do it without compromising, like, he doesn't want to get in trouble and get replaced with someone else, is yeah. my theory. Oh, yeah. So, just, like, next, the next character who has a coming out moment, probably not one of the white characters, I would say, and bring in, start bringing in more non-white characters again. No. No, you ref uh, referencing that reminds me of, there's another article that came out, Blizzard-related, um, uh, regarding uh, Jeff Kaplan ref uh, re uh, replying back to a letter from a Yes, fan. I did see that. And yeah. well, that's kind of an old article. Yeah, it's an old. It happened in it, 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 March of 2017, a fan wrote. And then the news is only just coming back up about it now. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, no, you, no, you go into that. But yeah, like, he, he, he gave a heartfelt response back to that person. And he's, yeah, he said multiple black like, specifically, multiple black characters are in development. One of those coming soon, and that one did end up being Doomfist. And, like, that letter is nice. But I also like the the woman who sent that letter. Like, I liked her response. Where, yeah. like, I'm glad they're thinking of this, but I'm also not going to wait around. And I know he doesn't expect me to, and I'm taking matters into my own hands. And yeah. that's that's the energy we need to bring into 2019. That's the other thing I was going to mention. That So they did confirm Soldier 76 is, is gay, which is great. But the fact that he's gay instead of bi in the year of our Lord 20 bi teen is illegal. <laughs> It means that I can't send a picture of Soul Order 76 to Lindsay and say, is this you? I mean, friggin', like, the connect, the bond that uh, him and Anna already have, like, we don't know what to, uh, what's going on with, with Anna's husband, or mm -hmm. Farrah's father. Maybe he's already out of the picture. Maybe we, the, maybe Anna Soldier can, can be a thing. Well, no, it can't, because he's gay. Well, anyway, like I'm saying, like if you go with the whole buy thing, maybe that could. No, be but he, uh, Michael Chu confirmed. Oh, him and maybe? Vincent are both. Yeah. Oh shit. The other thing with the um the annual coming out thing, <laughs> I I mentioned this to Ryan back when Tracer was revealed as a lesbian that they should do like a Pride event in summer, and okay, yeah, it'll probably be really tacky and cheesy and ham fisted, but if they use that as a way to say like here's five characters who are queer in the canon, the, the irrevocable. Yeah. That's I think that is their best option for them to, that they could do instead of kind of just wheeling this out. Yeah, or even something as small as doing something like the the pink mercy skin blew up for for breast cancer. Maybe do something release a a, a pride skin for a character. Soldier might be a good uh, maybe make one for Tracer and for for Soldier. Yeah, and, and give the uh, all the money that or like give a portion of the sales of those skins to uh, stuff like else. Trevor Project yeah. or LGBT New York or stuff like that. Yeah, that I feel that like if if they can't do a full blown event, they could do what they did with the Mercy skin just for new for new characters. What would a, what would the event even be? <laughs> would it be <laughs> capture the flag? But it's the Pride flag. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as far as skins go, it would be easy for Tracer because they've done things in the past where, like, with the Summer Game skin, she the the little little like belt scarf thing she's got, oh, yeah. has like the American flag. She instead for her skin, it could be the Pride flag. Yeah, there's also a lesbian flag. Yeah. All right. Yeah, no, yeah, they, like, yeah, they, they even something as subtle as a skin or two. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, so I, once again, I, Blizzard the Corporation might be iffy, but Blizzard employees, especially Michael Chu. Yeah. 
All right, and our final Blizzard story. Man, <laughs> it's a veritable Blizzard of Blizzard stories. <laughs> yep. Um, so, a famous Overwatch player in their esports league turns out to have been an imposter. Um, I didn't hear a lot about this, but basically... There was a big Overwatch esports team who they really needed a new player because someone left, and they found a player named. Oh, is it? Uh, who is the Ellie? Yeah, Ellie was yeah. their name, and well, okay, let's. It's his name because it was a guy pretending to be a girl, and they so they like, they recruited Ellie to be on their team. And then stuff kind of like, I don't think Ali is who she says she is. And I'm like, well, we don't want to be like that because we don't want to just assume that all girls in games are guys. I'm like, no, but here's the actual factual evidence that it is a guy and you guys are being catfished, I guess. Yeah. And yeah, it turns out that Ellie was another veteran player, um, who pun- Punisher. And basically it was Punisher and like one or two other people who were like, a conglomerate masquerading and then like they said the situation was meant to be in a way a social experiment ellie is actually punisher and he told me yesterday so there you go um it's a social experiment gone wrong that ultimately revealed how difficult it is to be a woman in competitive gaming spaces and um other big news water is wet You know, that, that caught me off guard, like, I'll, I'll admit I didn't fully go through the article, so I didn't catch the whole, like, social experiment shtick that you're, they're trying to make an excuse for. Yeah, like, I don't know if it's worse if that's an, a bad excuse, or that's their, like, legitimate reasoning. It's, it, I'm almost concerned that they had to come up with some half-fisted excuse like that. That the real the real reason is they, they tried to pawn off being a female character because they felt they had a better idea, a better chance of getting onto a team. Because a yeah. team might think, like, if we throw in a female on our team, we'll, we'll feel like... It may not have even been that. It may have just been, uh, like, a veteran trying to be, like, a better narrative, like, oh, it's a new player, but they're so good, and yeah. that's, like, appealing, and it's, like, or maybe there's some, because I don't, I don't know anything about the Overwatch competitive community, but maybe Punisher is someone who, like, doesn't have a good reputation. There wasn't yeah. necessarily in the article, he probably doesn't have that best reputation now. Nope. But, like, perhaps he's someone who was, like, we don't want you on our team, like, well, what if I pretend to be a girl, which is the one thing I am not, <laughs> and then I'll get on a team. Yeah. Yeah, the whole thing, just, what weird BS. But at least the the team that recruited him, like, they've been very apologetic, and they're like, we're, we're sorry, we should have looked into this, we didn't, we're sorry for any harm this may have caused. Like, we've heard people saying how bad this could be for women and non-binary gamers uh, in Overwatch, and we completely agree. <laughs> we, we messed up. We messed up bad. <laughs> um, and yeah, that's kind of the extent of that news story. Wow, that feels weird. Um, but so now the blizzard is over. The blizzard of blizzard stories has subsided. <laughs> Let's move over to Nintendo, who have crushed Bowsette as canon. Only Toadette can use the super crown. And, and we kind of already knew that from people talking about the game. But yeah, they they went out and emphasized it. It's like yeah, nope. Canon wise, nobody else wears the crown. Um, there's really nothing else I, we can add to this other than as if you think that will stop them. No, I, I think they, they were hoping by saying this, like, oh, I guess I'll just stop my fan art then. Like, the, 
did they think that people wanted Bowsette in Smash? I mean, yeah, I'm sure people have been saying, yeah, Bowsette for Smash, but people have been saying Goku for Smash. Okay, that's not a good example either, because people have said Goku for Smash and been serious. <laughs> but, like, everyone's like, people have been saying Harry Potter for Smash, like, Tekken for Smash. Yeah. I'm the one who quite often says Excite Bike for Smash. Yeah. So yeah, it's people didn't talk about Bowsette because they thought we were gonna get Super Bowsette the game for Nintendo Switch. They were making Bowsette a thing because horny. Yup. And that's all there is to say on the matter. Next story. <laughs> Next. Nintendo president thinks that the company may move away from traditional console development, and this is another thing that isn't a huge surprise. Uh, this article from Destructoid basically saying that. With all the success that the Switch has gotten, they're probably going to focus on those kind of systems, the ones that are the hybrid of portable and console, instead of yeah. doing things that are exclusively one or the other. I didn't I didn't think about this, but when I saw the articles, you know what, it makes a lot of sense. They, they found, they found the, the union, the perfect fusion. They found their Gogeta. <laughs> it's like, now we don't have to make any more DSs. We don't have to make any more consoles. We just have to switch. We'll just expand on the Switch. Mm-hmm. Like, I could see down the road them just making an improved model of the Switch. but they, Oh, yeah, well, like, there'll they'll be, like, a Switch 2, yeah. or, like, the, the Nintendo Revolution, but it'll, like, still be the concept of the Switch where you can, excuse me, you can, like, be playing your game at home on yeah. the TV, and it's, like, time to go on vacation, and you just grab it right out of the console, or right out of the dock, and you're playing it on the go. Yeah. I'm very gassy tonight, I'm sorry. <laughs> um... And this isn't a shock, because Nin Nintendo has this weird habit of, like, saying, like, they don't officially end production of an old system until the new system does very well. Yeah. Because it's like, they when they first introduced the DS, they're like, well, this is just a periphery to the Game Boy, and we're going to keep making Game Boy Advance games, and then the DS printed money. So like, okay, well, we don't need to do Game Boy Advance anymore. No. Same thing happened with the Wii and the GameCube. Like, there were so many games that came out at the same time for both systems, because like, well, the Wii is just something new we're trying out. And I was like, okay, but we love the Wii, and so does my grandmother. Yeah, like, like, well, when... okay, well, then the GameCube is now dead. Yeah, because when the Wii came out, they they printed out uh, Zelda Twilight Princess for both the Wii and the GameCube. Yeah. And then the, the one that sticks out for me for the handheld was they released Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, uh, Blue Explorers, and Red Explorers, and Blue was for Game Boy Advance and Red was for DS, because yeah. they were meant to be played, like, in tandem. <laughs> which was weird. I'm not sure why they thought people would buy that. No. Um, and then they kind of... They stopped that practice with the Switch, which was probably a bad idea, because then people thought the Switch was just, like, just buy the new gamepad, and that's the... Or, not the, the Wii U. Yeah. They're like, buy the Wii U gamepad and use it with the Wii. And they like, didn't really clarify, and so people messed up there. No. And then with the Switch, very quickly, like, okay, Wii U is dead, and we are all Switch now. Friendship <laughs> with the Wii U ended. Yep. And we're switching. Yeah. So... <sighs> The only thing I can really add to this is that in the future, the only two things I'd like from the Switch is I'd like some kind of return to the clamshell design because I get so nervous that somehow I'm going to scratch up the screen of my Switch. Mm, yeah. And if they could... I This might sound crazy, but I, I'd wish they make the handheld part smaller <laughs> because with my 3DS, I can just pop that in my jacket pocket and be off. With yeah. the Switch, I need to, like... <laughs> 
It's like trying to fit a CD, like the old CD players in your freaking inside pocket of your yeah. denim jacket. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I yeah, mean, the, 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 game, the GameCube is, in a way, a little bit more portable because it has a handle. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I remember that like handle. The, the, the spirit of the Switch is good, but I, I would like a Switch Mini. Yeah. Whereas so the smaller screen, we have been living on small DS and 3DS screens for a while now. Yeah. I'm totally okay with this. Like, I'm comfortable with the size of the screen on my phone. I don't need a huge phone. Exactly. Like, it fits in my pocket. It's fine. Well, I mean, the Switch has a slightly larger screen than the phone. Yeah. It's just it's also got the handles attached to it, too. Exactly. But yeah, like, the Switch is the future, and we all knew this. As soon as it came out, we're like, oh, our new lord and savior, the Nintendo Switch. <laughs> All right, let's go now with some modding stories. Yeah, Stardew this, Valley. This, this one was suggested by Bum. Oh, thank you for bringing this to our attention, Bum. Stardew Valley has a battle royale mod, and also it's not that great. I mean, it's good, but there's like connectivity issues. I think, yeah, I read through the article and it basically said that it's a good idea on paper, but people aren't, are, are having trouble queuing into games with this mod and it's overall just not working. Yeah, because it's, I mean, modding is fine, but this feels like something to, too big to chew. Like, you might as well have just made a brain from the ground up. Yeah. Like, make a Stardew Valley knockoff that is also a Battle Royale simulator. <laughs> Instead exactly. of just trying to, like... Tape it onto the like shell of Stardew itself. <laughs> I do love the name Battle Royale. Yeah, <laughs> and like I get the ep I understand people are being sick of uh, not Fortnite games, um, Battle Royale games. It's in the name. How do I forget? <laughs> I get people being sick of Battle Royale games, but I also appreciate people trying to try new things with Battle Royale. Exactly because PUBG came out and it was great. Allegedly. I haven't played a single Battle Royale. I try playing, but it's it's to, to do with my motion sickness. I can't get through a game of Fortnite without feeling queasy. Yeah, so yeah, so Forknife, Forknife comes out, and it's like improves on it because it has the building mechanics, and it has, yeah. it has a much better... not Actually, no, yeah, I'm gonna say, like, on record, Fortnite, Fortnite has a better aesthetic it does. than PUBG does. And so... And that's a lot of people gravitated towards that. And, like, the reason that's unpopular... Isn't I mean I'm sure there's problems with the player base, but most of it is the kids playing it are children, and I, a lot of it is just get off my lawn. Yeah, essentially. And then the big name streamers are I think they're all racist. I don't want to put words in people's mouths, but I've never heard a good story about a Fortnite streamer. Ninja. Oh, ninja. <laughs> God. <laughs> Brief laughing at the, the the stint during the New Year's Eve where he's trying to get all of New York to floss. And nobody was flossing. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to teach my mom how to floss, and one of her bracelets came loose and almost hit me in the eye. It was hilarious. <laughs> oh. I had a coworker. She was like, "You can't teach people to floss." I'm like, "Well, you have to be able to teach them. Children aren't born knowing it." It might seem like that because that's their idol animation when their parents are paying at the store. <laughs> all of them, every single one is like stand here while I pay I'm like okay I'll be flossing I'll be flossing <laughs> um, so yeah so if 
if you're trying to make a, Star a Stardew Valley kind of battle royale, like, live your truth. But maybe, like, start from the ground up. I think yeah. that's my advice. My gamer advice. <laughs> yeah. yeah don't, don't mod something existing, because the game might not be able to support it. I'm, I'm sure we're going to get, like, a Pokemon-style battle royale. Or, oh, a, Mar a Mario battle royale, but it's all, like, minions. Ooh. So, like, Koopas and Goombas and Piranha Plants and whatnot. Yeah. That'd be cool. I'd be down for that. Right up my I'm always see whenever whenever battle royale comes up, I'm trying to think of ways to reinvent it. <laughs> Sonic battle royale, who the fastest wins? Chow battle royale. Yes, battle oh, yes. battle Roy Ch Chow. <laughs> battle Chow Rao. Chowdle royale. <laughs> Short night. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, make an entire podcast where we we, we we try to battle royale everything. Yes, that's the spinoff of not if I not if I reboot you first. It's not if I royale you first. <laughs> I'm down. The Bachelor in Paradise Royale. One hundred <laughs> love interests jump from a plane. <laughs> <laughs> The most dramatic season ever. I love this. This is a great idea. <laughs> yep. Um, speaking of mods, don't uh, do not mod in Japan. It is illegal, punishable by prison and fines. Okay, so I do want to read this whole story just so we don't miss anything important. Yeah. It is now illegal to mod game save data and game consoles in Japan. Both are punishable by up to five years in prison and fines up to five million yen, well, $46,000. According to the official site for Japan's Association of Copyright for Computer Software, modding game save data and game consoles violates the country's unfair competition prevention law. The Japanese government is expanding regulations to protect the game console content. The news was first published by Japanese game sites like Hachima Kiko and peripheral maker CyberGadget Stop Selling its Save Editor Data tool, allowing players to use cheats and patch codes. CyberGadget has since stopped selling the save editor on its Japanese site. The Association of Copyright for Computer Software also mentions that unofficial software codes and keys are also illegal. Specifically mentioned is offering these on online auctions and making them available for download. Finally, modding game consoles as well as games are included in the third provision mentioned by the association. These additional stipulations were included under amendments to the Unfair Competition Prevention Law. So the uh, summarized version of that is basically... They cannot be mod for resale or distribution. Yeah. Which and the distribution thing is the one that's concerning because it kind of this whole thing kind of falls into the same kind of what Nintendo has been doing lately of uh, throwing lawsuits at emulator sites. Yeah. Where like just these all of these companies getting very protective of their data and like modding is huge, but this this like I understand cease and desist stuff, but this seems like a step too far. I understand. Yeah, at a certain point, you're basically taking people's hard work and taking their code with your own just little stuff slapped on top of it and redistributing it. That is a bit iffy. But if you're doing it for free, yeah. it shouldn't be a problem. For profit, I understand. And I'm sure people could like convince me that even the for profit shouldn't be an issue. But for free, definitely. Don't even blink at it. Yeah. Like the guys who are making a, a, rem a remaster of uh, Metroid 2 Return of Samus. Who got the cease and desist from Nintendo? Like, yeah, it was a free project. They weren't going to make money off of it. It's like these people were passionate about the Game Boy port. 
the Game Boy, the Game Boy, the Game Boy to the Game Boy, the Game, the Game Boy sequel to Metroid, and so much as they wanted to make a remake of it, and then all of a sudden Nintendo comes by, is like, nope, yeah, stop. Like, I can understand with the the fan made um, Pokemon game because it was made off, it was built off like radiation. It's more adult themed. Yeah, like, it, 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 it goes against like the the uh, spirit of Pokemon. Yeah, you and they're using kids, a lot of assets. You don't want kids to play that game and then you know pick up at, like pick up things and they're gonna blame Nintendo. Their parents are gonna blame Nintendo. For yeah, that can understand a little bit more, but at the same time, again, it's it was free. It was yeah. for fun. Exactly. And a lot of Nintendo fans have become grown ups. Like I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be. I'm always gonna have a strong point on this, and I'm always gonna bring this up. But like Nintendo does that. What what happens when you know this young young guy makes an, makes his own Sonic game from scratch, not using any of the codes or models from anything, makes his own Sonic game from scratch, and what happens? Sega goes, cool. You're hired. Well, yeah, you're hired. You want to make a game for us? Yeah, and that's the that's what Nintendo should be doing for some of these. But like this, like this article isn't specific to Nintendo. It's just the first yeah. thing that made me think of that. It's kind of, again, a symptom of that big, a big crackdown that seems to be going on and at least right now it's Japan-focused, there will be huge uproar if something like this comes out in America. Because yeah. right now there's a lot of game developers that love and support mods, and they don't see any harm in them. Yeah. And yeah, maybe it gets iffy when you're doing it for profit. But... And a lot of these people have passion for the game to make it better, like Skyrim. Mm-hmm. Like, Skyrim was already a, a good game, but then people on the PC mods, like, we're going to make it look more beautiful, we're going to make it they, everything seem more slick, the model's more... Just genuine, and it. I saw a mod where like the water looked so realistic; it was just is beyond my com- comprehension. It didn't even look like Skyrim; it looked like a new. It was uh, like somebody had basically remade Skyrim, mm-hmm. and like stuff like that. Like, you, Bethesda's not going to do that. Why? Why should I wait and you know hound Bethesda to do something like this when they're not going to do that? Mm-hmm. They're going to give us seventy six. The thing is, this isn't going to stop people. People are still going to make mods, and they'll just distrib- be much more covert when they're distributing them. Exactly. Because you can still mod stuff for your own personal use. Yeah. And it might just be more of like a, a snail mail thing. Right. Like, here's the disc that contains the Thomas the Trank Engine mod for Skyrim. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so. Hey, let's move on to movies. Did you watch any of the Golden Globes? No. I, I glossed over that. You globed over them? Yep. I saw bits and pieces. Mainly, I saw the opening. The opening, uh, the thing, speeches from Andy Samberg and Sandra O oh were very good. I especially like Sandra O oh just because I'm more used to her as Christina. Exactly. So, as soon as I heard Sandra O oh was going to be hosting this thing, awesome. she, she's funny. Like she, she was funny in Grey's Anatomy, but the funniness came from like her being so serious. Yeah. But I feel like she was genuinely funny, like on the same level as Andy. <laughs> um, but yeah, the go- most of the stuff I know from Golden Globes that uh, film. Uh, not film critics necessarily, but like film aficionados, film fans. And not film fans than people who go to movies, but film fans like the art of cinema. They were very up in arms because they did not like a lot of the winners here. Um, Spicy. The main ones being Bohemian Rhapsody and Green Book winning stuff. Yeah. People were furious about because Bohemian Rhapsody, I mentioned before, but it's kind of not the best representation of Queen or Freddie Mercury. Yeah, that's um, what I've heard. I, yeah, you, that was, it, was, it was mentioned on last podcast. Yeah, and they 
like not, not necessarily well made, uh, doesn't have the best representation of Freddie Mercury, kind of has the implication that uh, his queerness led to his descent into drugs and whatnot and oh. gave him AIDS. Also directed by Ryan Singer, who is all but confirmed pedophile. So, oh dear. Um, and then Green Book won for musical or comedy, and Green Book was already not that well regarded because it's a white and savory narrative. But like how, oh, we can solve racism is if only black people befriend white white people and give them time to course correct. Mm. And then like that was already bad. And then it just kept getting worse because it turned out the writer, who is the son of the racist white guy in the movie, um, was like a big Trump supporter and had tweets that's like, Oh, Trump is so right, and I saw people cheering for the towers falling on my own television. And people found that, like, really? You're the guy who's writing about how to fix racism? And so he deleted his whole Twitter. Like, yeah, good. Yeah. Um, and then also the director uh, was doing a Louis C.K. and flashing his genitals at people. Oh, so, yeah, ev- so good. Everyone involved in this movie. like the And v- Viggo Mortensen... Well, like, who played the racist guy, he's, like, he dropped the N-bomb and said it was okay because he was just in the spirit of the character. And also, like, it, it shouldn't matter because we just need to get along. The only person who's, it sounds like, is trying to make amends is, I mean, the, like, the staff, the crew, production crew, like, stuff like that, they're, they're fine. Like, they just do their jobs and do what they're yeah, told. Exactly, it's, it, yeah. Like, certain players say, okay, whatever, I'm just, I'm lighting man. Um, the only, like, big name out who seems to be trying to make amends was uh, Mahershala Ali, who reached out to the family of the guy he's playing, who was never consulted. Like, they basically didn't know a movie was being made about the, him until, <laughs> until like, news articles started going out. Like, here's this movie coming out. And they're like, excuse me? So, and Mahershala reached out and like, I'm so sorry, I was never informed that there were people I could talk to to give nuance to the character and how filmmaking is over. I am so sorry. If there's anything I can do, any way I can help, because I really respect the story of this guy. Oh, no. So, yeah. Yeah, I can see how people are upset about that. Mm Mm-hmm. And then just... In general, and also the fact that they beat big movies like Crazy Rich Asians and The Favorite and Black Panther, Black Kansman, If Beale Street Could Talk, A Star Is Born... Um, like, people were happy for Rami Malek winning for Freddie Mercury, because he, I think a lot of people said he was the only good part. Yeah. Also, he, he did not thank Brian Singer for directing at all. <laughs> someone, and then someone asked, like, uh, I, we noticed that you didn't thank Brian Singer in your acceptance speech. And Rami was like, listen, I think we just need to think about the legacy of Freddie Mercury and how great a person he was. Okay, bye! <laughs> That's great. Um... And then there was good stuff. Like people were happy about Alfonso Cuarón winning for Roma, and uh, Regina King won for If Beale Street Could Talk, which is good. Mahershala won. Uh, da, da, what are some other ones that I noticed? Shallow from A Star Is Born won and shocked nobody. Sweet. Uh, Spider Verse won Best Animation. Yeah, which that's what I heard. I was listening, and I was ready to like storm down and say like Spider Verse was robbed, and then immediately leave. And then I heard them announce it one, like, oh, the only good award. <laughs> um, no, it, the other good award was Sandra Oh also won the Golden Globe for Killing Eve. Oh, awesome. Which, which is pretty good, because I, a lot of people were mad she didn't get the Emmy for it. Yeah. So, hey, there you go. Golden Globe. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, that kind of covers the big Golden Globe stuff. Oh, and the, <laughs> the other thing was Jim Carrey. They, they were joking about Jim Carrey. Um, sitting with the movie people when he's only audited for a TV show. And then he's like, like from the audience, he's like, 
I have a movie coming out in the summer called Sonic the Hedgehog. And he's like, well, I'm sure it's going to get a Golden Globe nomination then, so you're welcome to come back next time. (laughs) (laughs) I I love that Sonic got mentioned, regardless of how. I love, I will, from now on, no matter what, I'm going to refer to it as Golden Globe nominated movie Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, we're nearing the end, so let's just qu- rip through the last few stories quickly. Yeah. Aquaman made money because people really like Jason Momoa. Good. I still have to see it. I, if we so were recording I. two podcasts tonight, I would have suggested we go see it after the first one. Yeah. But yeah, that's not working. Um, Venom 2 is confirmed to be making, and we're not shocked. Yeah. No, it did good, so it, we're going to see more. Just replace Woody Harrelson's wig. <laughs> yeah. Um... DC paid tribute to Stan Lee in their last comics with um, some nice in-memoriam pages in the back. Uh, yeah. Marvel's also been doing similar stuff in like the past two or three weeks of comics, just like making sure that each uh, issue of their line has at least one. They all have Stan Lee at the top, and oh. then on the back they have an in-memoriam, and they also, like, the very last page is a copy of one of Stan's soapboxes columns where he's talking about like the importance of stories and how like these heroes, they're not just fictional. They inspire people in real life, stuff like that. That's great. Like the whole comics industry. There's no, there's like not as much um, cooperation between the two companies anymore, but like no one's going to forget. No one's going to forget the impact Stanley had on the industry. Yeah. So that's nice. Um, the last story that you threw on here, Duncan is tricks. Do we even have tricks in Canada? I haven't seen regularly. Them. No, yeah, it's, it's something that just we got shows them a co-op. We got them a co-op once for like a special order, and when they showed up, they were already a month expired. Ooh, dear. Yeah. So, and we weren't able to get like another shipment. So, like, we put the pallet out, looked at it. One guy was just like looking, like checking them, like, "Hey, every single one of these is dated for like a month ago." <laughs> So he sent it back. I imagine we got reimbursed for them, but we didn't get any more tricks. No. Tricks on you. <sighs> Silly rabbit. <laughs> but no, when they first came out, when they decided to get rid of the fruit shapes, I honestly got illusioned. It's like, I'm not a kid anymore. <laughs> I can't see the fruit shapes. <laughs> no. Okay, but can you at least see why cinnamon- Can you see why kids love the taste of Cinnamon Toast Crunch? No, not anymore. No, no, and I can't eat cinnamon toast crunch anymore. I like, I used to eat used to be my go-to cereal alongside Vector. And one time, I like, I just had a spoonful, and my teeth just started to ache. Like, oh, my body can't handle the sugar anymore. It burns. Um, silly rabbit tricks are for Americans, I guess. Yeah. Um, that's it for news. Yeah. Um, we made it. We made it. We don't have any emails because Ryan didn't give me the email information. Uh, but it's not like getting emails anyways. You're going to have that all massive backlog. Oh, yeah, we're well, next week now. we're going to have like 17 emails. We're going to have to have an email special. <laughs> That's not giving anybody any ideas. Do it. No, don't. He probably will. Hey, all, all our friends who listen to this, all five of you... <laughs> No, we did. We got one email from a guy who's like, "What's your favorite bird?" <laughs> like, and that was before we were podcast, like podcast podcasting. We we're still on YouTube. Oh, nice. 
So, uh, um, I can't, I'm sorry, I can't remember your name, because I can't look out the email. Ryan took, didn't give me the email address information. Um, but send us another email. Ask us our other favorite animals. I believe I said crows, and I still stand by that. Birds? I'd probably have to go with the, the falcon. Because I had a thing with speed. <laughs> the Sonic fan here. Because cheetahs were my favorite land animal, and my favorite air animal was the peregrine falcon good friggin kids again dive so fast that was my favorite bird it still is mm-hmm. i almost forgot to tell you guys where you can send an email that's the super fun network at gmail.com all right that's it what should the ending theme be i don't know where ryan finds these i don't either i wonder if there's a move i'm gay remix <laughs> i'll find something yeah something will be deliberated on yes i mean i'm gonna have to do first thing and i wake up is rip through this make sure it's good late late editing or no editing ryan <laughs> as far as i can tell ryan doesn't edit these very much so <laughs> yeah is there any distracting noises or burps or whatnot well it's called burps we're gonna keep them in there oh, good noises <laughs> i'm not i'm not, i go through i go through my like my podcast with a scalpel trying to get rid of that stuff <laughs> This this one, this is the Wild West. This is full, candid throat noises. Yup. <laughs> okay, it's time. Goodbye. Hunter. Watch your six. An eye for an eye. Enemy contact. Powered up.
one.